Hey, it's John Bernadovich. I continue my journey of writing my book, HR Like a Boss, and I'm super excited to be joined by a friend, former colleague of mine in the Cleveland Sherm community, uh, John Gallagher. John is uh, leading up HR at a uh, local manufacturer, Component Repair um, Technologies, and uh, super excited to have John join us. So how have you been, John? Great. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely stress-free. Things are... Things are rolling along wonderfully. <laughs> yeah, just like nothing's happening going on, right? <laughs> for, for, for you and the guy living under the rock, right? <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your current role and some career highlights for you in, in, in your HR career, John. Uh, so right now, uh, managing uh, human resources training uh, for a FAA repair station in Manor. So we're about 450 employees and it's using manufacturing processes uh, to repair turbine engine, gas turbine engine components. So uh, it's, uh, you know, that a mid-sized business. So I, I'm able to get involved in a lot of the business side of things as well as the traditional HR and people functions. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's what excites me in my, my current role. Uh, I don't, I don't care too much for only swimming, you know, in my swim lane. So I'd like to <laughs> kind of venture out and, and uh, get involved in other areas of the business. So it's, you know, it, it's very, very good, but I've, um, I've been a, you know, I guess what you would call a general practitioner for my career started off in staffing, uh, doing some uh, recruiting and then moved uh, relatively quickly into uh uh, kind of general generalist type of uh, HR practitioner and I've been in manufacturing the whole time you know so I've I've been in this space I love it I'm uh, kind of a mechanical guy personally I like to wrench on, on some things in my my personal uh, life so this is a good fit for me um, I feel kind of feel at home I'm, I'm process driven so uh, the A plus B equals C and uh, of, of HR and manufacturing kind of fits as well. So, Cool. Yeah, so you're, you're, you, you, you shared one of the main premises of the book, frankly, and, and really the description of a person I think that practices HR like a boss is a business person first. It just so happens to be in the lane, as you might have used that word earlier, in, in HR. So uh, how, how would you describe the purpose of human resources as you function within that business mindset? Uh, so, you know, I don't want to knock traditional HR too much, um, but I'd say that's been the bad rap, you know, is, is that it's, uh, you're managing benefit programs and payroll functions and, uh, you know, and, and kind of you're responsible for a lot of things in the organization that, that involve the company's deepest resource, which is people. Uh, but HR has not traditionally been trusted with the financial resources of the company uh, because that's a, a deep-rooted business function. You know, so uh, anything that impacts you know major financial um, you know uh, financial areas of the business, you know, you have to really be into the business, understand you know what's going on, trends, you know that kind of thing, and you got to be integrated all, across all lines of the business you know, and in order to, to understand that stuff and how it applies. And, you know, and I see that side of, of HR where, you know, we're in a unique position to be involved in every aspect of the business, you know, so if you look at it from the business standpoint, 
and you understand who it is that you work for and what, what you're doing and where you're going, uh, then it allows you to, to help the company make sound decisions for the people side of the business or you know the people practices, uh, the strategy and that kind of thing. So I, I don't know if that, that sounds like a, a water sandwich or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's perfect. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I, I'm not in any way, shape or form trying to knock HR in this process. And in, in, in my experience, I just have having worked with and interviewed thousands of HR professionals and helped them in their, in their business practices from all the things that we've done for them. Uh, I just, certain ones stand out, right? And the ones that seem universally to stand out over time are the ones that are really business centrically focused first, even if they have a responsibility and benefits or compensation. Um, I met a number of people that do that, but, but um, losing sight of how the company makes money, how, how the employees align to the purpose, like all that component, like you said, your, your HR is right at the center of it and uh, has, has that profound impact, in my opinion, uh, to cascade that, that mindset across a, a wide range of, uh, of employees. So as, as it relates to what you do in HR, are you measuring then your success on like financial outcomes? Is that, is that how you're seeing most of this? Or like where, where, where do you put the measuring stick and, and metrics on success? Um, well, I think, you know, I, I guess to go in a little bit of a, a different direction, you know, if you, there's big things that HR is responsible for that have massive financial impact. So if you are into those details, those are, you know, that's, that's a direct measurable. So if you're negotiating contracts on behalf of the organization, if you are putting yourself into uh, different, you know, situations with uh, vendors and partners, and, and that kind of thing, you have the ability to save the company a lot of money and, and make the company a lot of money. So I think if you look at those things, I mean, certainly I measure that in a dollars and cents standpoint. And so are executives of the business across other lines of the business. And it, it's very easy for an executive or a president or, or owner to look at something. And, you know, in HR, if you're able to save hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars uh, across, you know, benefits, you know, so medical benefits, huge cost driver, employee uh, welfare is usually the, the second line item, you know, on the balance sheet. Uh, so if you're able to do that, then you're going to get attention and, and the ability to, to work on, you know, a lot of other projects, you know, and, and, and in initiatives across the business. So sure. that's really a direct measurable, um, you know, the other way is strategy, you know, so uh, being involved with other leaders across the business, uh, if you're proactive in thinking through, okay, I understand what's going on with the business and here's some ideas or, or things that I think we could do to better position ourselves a year from now, five years from now, whether that's pipeline building, you know, on the recruiting and, and talent side, uh, you know, whether that is development, you know, on internal staff, you know, those, those are things that we're directly involved in, you know, that you can start the conversations instead of being asked, uh, you know, right. to, to, to do something. So, you know, there's a number of ways that, you know, I, I'm measuring myself in probably far more ways than any a manager of mine would be. And I think that's the best way to go. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. Is there, is there a particular instance you can speak to John that, uh, you had that level of success. I mean, you met, you threw out a couple numbers, million dollars, hundred thousand dollars. Is there, is there something that 
felt like you could point to that was like, man, we, we got that right. And it had an impact on the business in a positive manner that, that the people felt as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's quite a few things I'd say going back a few years. Um, you know, I, I worked with a couple of vendors of ours to put us in a very aggressive, uh, uh, you know, benefits, uh, plan design, uh, from the medical standpoint. And we moved into what's called a reference-based pricing plan. And it was very, very early on in that style of plan, but we were, the costs were going it, the wrong direction, you know, from a, a, a medical standpoint, the first year. So it's a very risky uh, endeavor, you know, cause it's a new, um, you know, it, it's a newer style uh, delivery system. There's a lot of work that has to be done on the employee side. There's a lot of work that has to be done on the administration side. And there's a lot of risk with how the market's going to react to it. And uh, we, it was very successful from a cost standpoint. It was a lot of work, but that first year we saved $1.2 million. The second year we saved almost a million and a half. Uh, and, you know, and, and that's one decision, but it's a, you know, it, it took a tremendous amount of, you know, work and planning, you know, and, and it's still work, you know, we're still on this type of an arrangement. Uh, but certainly from a cost standpoint, that'll get everybody paying attention. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious to, if, if it being so new at the time you implemented it, was there, what, what was the, what was the path of support from your leadership team on, on taking that? I don't know if you want to call it a risk, but if it was, it was newer, maybe not as much profound experience, but there was the potential of that cost savings. Was, what was, was that conversation like, if you recall? Um, so we were, we were in a position where, you know, it's, it was really hurting the bottom line, you know, so when you're looking for different strategies, we would normally be in a scenario where I'm laying out, you know, multiple approaches on, on things that we could do, um, you know, and you're in a position when you're in that scenario where uh, you need to, to, to make change, people are, 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 are going to be more open to innovation and, and kind of a thing. We're, we're in that scenario now, you know, you got businesses, you know, in flux. Uh, so that helps, I think, getting into the details. Uh, so uh, I know I had been, as well as uh, the partners that I was working with, we had been tracking this for about two years at that point, you know, to really see how the market in other states and that were uh, reacting to, to this type of a delivery system. So I felt very confident and I had a tremendous amount of detail on what this system looks like and how it would be delivered, the plan and how it would be implemented. So when you have that much detail, when you've dug into that much, you can give that confidence that you have to anybody that you're explaining it to, but you yeah, have yeah. to know, you know, so if, if you believe in it and you know it and you've done your homework, then you can, you can take that and any executive team that's, that's looking at it. If you've already, you know, looked at potential failures, you know, plan B, if you got to back out of it, you know, and, and that kind of thing, uh, everyone, you know, the, the anxiety comes down a little bit and people, gain a little bit more confidence uh, from that standpoint. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think that all that effort and energy you put into it and then the fact that you had data to validate it, right, that helps make those decisions. I, I, at least my experience in working with executive leadership, the d data information, like you said, strategic planning and plan B, C, if something doesn't work out, uh, those are components of, you know, gaining credibility at that proverbial um, leadership level. So, so that's awesome. 
what, what are, what are some of the things you've seen, you know, you said you were in the staffing business before and obviously you, you network, you know, that's how we connected through Cleveland Sherm and, and other things, John, what, what do you think makes for a standout HR professional? Uh, so I, I, I'd say a few things. You, you have so many disciplines that you have to know in HR and to be effective, you really have to do your homework in all of those different segments. So you have to know the workers comp system. You have to know recruiting, staffing, sourcing. You have to know, you know, benefits and, and benefit plan designs. You have to know organizational development. Um, I mean, you could get into a specialist type role, but to be in this type of role that, that I'm in or others are in, where you're managing that people function for, you know, a business, um, you have to understand those things to a level of detail where you're not being managed by a vendor. You're not being managed, you know, by, you know, other folks that are giving you advice and, and that kind of thing. You got to dig into it, you know, and, and, and that takes time, you know, so a true, you know, HR practitioner is, you know, it's, it's like this apprenticeship model that, that we're looking at across the country with really digging in and understanding your craft. You know, I've, always approached HR like a craft, you know, you know, I'm in manufacturing. So I look at it like welding or machining, you know, these are folks that, that build on a knowledge base year over year over year, you know, and you, you're understanding the disciplines and you're pulling it all together to make effective decisions for the business that, that you're working for. So I think that's big. Um, you gotta be a communicator, you know, so you have to be able to communicate with employees and, and be able, whether it's selling them, you know, on uh, a decision that's, that's been made, you know, on a benefit plan or whether it's helping them through, you know, a tremendous time of change, you got to be able to communicate to executive teams and other leaders across the business. Um, it, you know, you have to be able to work across every functional area of the business and be seen as a trusted advisor. Um, you know, which is difficult, you know, that's, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities that come from a lot of different places. And, you know, it has to be a lifelong journey, the communication piece, where you're constantly honing, um, you know, that ability to not only know something, be able, but be able to communicate it effectively. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that deep, deep knowledge and expertise across a wide range of areas, right, kind of makes me think of Malcolm Gladwell's comments and outliers about uh, the mastery takes 10,000 hours, right? And then, you know, you look at the different disciplines you have, that's a lot of, that's a lot of 10,000 hours to uh, end up mastering uh, each of those right. disciplines in HR. And then that communication is critically important. So on the flip side of that, like having worked with or seen, or maybe even had interactions with some of your employees, is there, is there a particular thing that you think that um, at least the perception is that, that people dislike the function of HR, like ma mainly the employee population, what causes them to feel like, Ooh, like this, is, this doesn't feel like the right thing for me. And, and as a result, you're delivering that message and I then don't like HR. Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, HR walks that line, you know, in between, you know, an advocate for the employee and a representative of the company so it's really tough. I mean, you, you have to always have the interest of the employees in mind, but you have also have to always have the interest of the business in mind. So 
to be able to do, you know, for an employee to have your trust in HR, they have to be able to trust that you have the empathy to listen to them, you know, whatever they've got going on uh, to respond, you know, so if they bring stuff up and then you don't respond to it, you don't get back to them, uh, they feel like it's falling on deaf ears, then they're not gonna trust you. You know, on the other hand, if they feel like you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> or you have no, no value with the other, you know, the leadership team of, uh, you know, the leadership of the company, and you can't affect change, or you, you can't bring concerns, then they don't trust you on the business side. You know, so yep. you have to be effective, you know, kind of in both of those areas. And my, my, you know, experience has been, if you listen and you get back to people, you're, you know, that's 75% of the, the balance. Yeah, real true, real true. Yeah, follow-up is critical. And in that follow-up that they've, that you've, you've heard what they've said and you're following up accordingly, right? Not like doing what you want to do, doing what you heard them um, in the conversation. Yeah. So I know, I know you've done a ton of interviewing. I know we've partnered on a couple projects before. Is there, is there a particular question that you like or a series of questions that helps you, you know, make that evaluation of a, of a candidate being a fit for your business? Sure, yeah. Um, if you could be any an animal, what would it be? <laughs> is that it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've heard a lot of crazy questions that people ask. Um, some of them, you know, that are pretty famous in the Cleveland area, but uh, we're, I, the one question I like is, you know, what's your, your biggest accomplishment? What are you most proud of? And then I, you know, I leave it sit, you know, from that standpoint, that's going to tell you a lot about what drives a person. So is it, you know, is it professional or personal? I, I didn't ask for somebody to, you know, to give me something professional. So if it was running a marathon and that was their biggest accomplishment, they're going to tell you that, you know, and, and just to see where a person goes with that question, why it's important to them, what, you know, what it took to get there. And then, I'm a big believer for interviewing that I ask as few of questions as possible and as the most amount of follow-up questions as possible. So, you know, most people have these canned answers of, you know, they're gonna go in, they've got all the canned answers and they want to give you their spiel. You know, so how you get through that is you know, you ask one question and then 10 follow-up questions behind it. And then you really start diving into the, the root of the things you want to know. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, peeling back that onion and kind of getting to the, the, the real depth of that, not necessarily the surface level kind of canned response. So if we could go back just a few years, I know, because you're, you're a young guy like I am. Um, if you were, as you were starting out your career in HR, if you could give yourself some advice knowing what you know today, back to that, that younger John Gallagher, what, what would it be? Um, I'd say, you know, I was hungry uh, and, you know, you're shooting for that next thing, you know, whether it's next, you know, next promotion, next opportunity. Um, I, I'd say I would tell myself, be a student, you know, be a student and dig in as much as you possibly can learn from vendors, learn from those around you, read as much as possible in each of these functional areas. And, you know, I, I think just soaking up, there's so much that you have to learn. 
So if you can just get your mindset into a place where you know, look, it's going to take time. You know, I'm not going to get this done in a year. I'm not going to get this done in five years. You know, so come up with that strategic plan of what positions, what books, you know, what, you know, certificates or however you want to divide it up to gain this knowledge, uh, but be a student. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it's having studied success in business and, and actually, frankly, it's something that I've had to develop over time because I was not naturally a reader. Uh, and I found my, I found my formula of, of listening to books online. It seems to like gravitate to me in, in that regard. But if you talk about Buffett or you know, Warren Buffett or even Steve Jobs or Bezos or um, uh, you know, uh, Bill Gates, like they're emphatic readers. Like they read all the time, all these different things. And, and there's a documentary about Bill Gates, what he's doing now that he's not in his chairman role of, of that. And he, he, just, he just digs into like these really fascinatingly unique, complex things that he's just so interested to learn. Like, why is that going on that way? Like, like kind of universal, um, you know, walk water across the entire country and, and, and world, right? Like how do, how do you get that? Um, and why is it not working in these third world countries? Um, and he just dug into it and read a ton of information about it, talked about some talk with really smart people about it. And now, now this foundation is making a profound impact in that area, right? Cause he's knowledgeable of it, but yeah, I agree. Being a student, a, a continuous learner, um, and, and learning from, you know, little snippets from here and there from everybody you run into, um, you're going to, you're going to end up growing and developing. So, well, Hey, I'll get you out of here on this, John. I appreciate you taking the time. If, yeah. if you had to, if you had to describe someone that does HR, like a boss, what would be, what would be your description? So I'd say somebody who's, uh, you know, good communicator, you know, a, able to communicate across all lines of the business, somebody who. Uh, understands that line that they've got uh, between being the employee advocate, being the, the business driver, and somebody who knows their stuff. You know, they know the financial drivers, they know the people drivers, uh, they understand what their business does. So most, uh, you know, again, not to knock HR, but most HR people that I've run into don't know what their business really, really does. Uh, so you have to know it really, really well. Uh, otherwise, you can't align what you're trying to do on the people strategy side to the business drivers. So they know their business really well. Um, and they're, they're you know, a constant student of all of the innovation that's happening across all of these disciplines that, that they're, you know, in charge of. And they're pressing into that. So, you know, so you can't know all of it, but you can stay on top of what's going on on the technology side what's going on on the recruitment sourcing side, you know, and these other disciplines. And they're, they're constantly thinking about, okay, what is right for our business? Because it's not all right for the business that you're in. Just because innovation is happening doesn't mean that innovation is, is right at that time or for, for your business. So I think they're constantly thinking about the next thing uh, from that standpoint, seeing does it fit into this business or not? Is this the right time? Uh, kind of thing and and back to your point about the reading you know it's they're the person who's listening to the hr podcast they're reading the, the books you know from hr innovators you know across uh, the world they're you know reading you know their twitter feed is full of 
you know, uh, folks that are impacting the system, uh, you know, across the, the region, across the, the world, and they're, you know, constant student to it. Uh, you know, I, th that's what I look at. So you've got a good mix of the HR side and the business side, you know, and they've figured out a way, you know, to pull those two things together. Yeah, no, I, I love all that. Yeah, that's, that's great, John. No, I, I appreciate you, you sharing your thoughts. Obviously, you're, you're driving a, a ton of um, value back to your, your, your company by, by immersing yourself into your business, having great expertise in HR and, and being fiscally responsible while, again, I kind of I create the analogy of, of that unfortunate thing we hear too often in politics that I'm going to cro cross the aisle, right? And we're going to make these compromises. I feel like HR's HR's job is let's actually do that. Let's not talk about it, right? <laughs> so it's a Herculean task in, in and of itself. But That's thank right. you for taking the time and stay safe and well. I appreciate, yeah. appreciate you, you very much. For those, uh, for those doing HR like a boss, you'd be right at the top of my list. Oh, man. Hey, all right. How about that? Yeah, that's going to make it into the book. Yeah. That's right. No, in all seriousness, you know, I've, I've always respected you, John. You're, you're I mean, you're just your, your thoughts, you know, on where HR is headed. I know you and I follow some of the same folks, you know, in that space. And, and those paths have crossed in, in crazy ways. Uh, but I've always, you know, respected your uh, you know, your opinions and, and you're driving it. I mean, you're leading a business where you've got a bunch of folks working for you that, that understand it and are living it as well. So, yeah, no, you, you made, that made my day, bud. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I as I reflect and, and I know I shared this with you uh, before we, we got on film as to why, why I'm doing this, you know, my, my dad was like such a huge part of my life and my, the two biggest things I did in life, other than marrying my wife, right, that was really important, um, was my my golf career, which my dad started me in, and I, I that was that was a big deal in my life, and then starting my business, and um, he made such an impact on me in that, like, I immersed myself and become really really great at those things because I love to do them, right, and I think part of it to me is a love and a care. Like, do you love business? right? And if you don't, then you're not going to really immerse yourself into, do you love HR? Nah, it's okay. It's a job. It's kind of a means to an end. Then you're not going to spend all that time that you did honing in on your craft. Like if there's something else in you, in your life that you love. Right. And yeah. so to me, I feel very blessed and passionate. The, the passion I have is real. It's genuine. It's, it's, I care, I care about people. Uh, Cause I, I see, you know, in, in our business and yours, you mentioned two the two biggest expenses you have inside of a company is your people costs and then your well-being costs, right? More times than not. And um, that's right on HR's responsibility, right? But I just, I don't think a lot of times that those dots are connected or that there's something getting in the middle of that aisle that says no business and people there's, there's gotta be this, well, we'll use the term now plexiglass in the way, right? To, to stop it from, from, you know, co-mingling with each other and I just I think if you can find the right connection of the purpose of a company with the, the the mindset of an individual that aligns to that and then they truly understand how the business work and what their job the impact their job has on that business I think all too often people don't they don't they don't they don't they don't get that and so they feel in like a drone situation I just go to work and I do my job and I go home and then that's it um, and that, that's sad to me. I, I want to, I want to change that really. I really do. And I think HR can change it. That's the whole concept of the book. Like 
Let's change how we're thinking about business and HR and its connection, and then cascade that down across all the different people within your organization that, that all of a sudden they all get how the business works and what their role is. Yeah. And oh, this is pretty cool. And I get it and I believe in it, right? Yeah. And if not, then let's go help you find somewhere else to go find something to your passion. So um, that's kind of been my way MO. Too much time of work to not be in that. Right, exactly. Yeah, way too much time away from your family or your kids or playing golf or baseball or watching sports or whatever you want to do, um, you know, dancing, I, I, whatever it is, it's just, it's too much time. So we might as well enjoy it while we're doing it and, and make an impact at, at the same time. So good man, bud. No, well, congrats on the project and, you know, I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be sure to give you a draft. Um, and you, you shared a few things in here that I'm sure will find their way into it. So thank you so much. Good. Good. Take care, bud. All right. Good talking, John. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. Remember, if it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review. And better yet, subscribe and share it with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.